0: Symmetry in all things. Hello and welcome to today's episode of League Lore and More. Continuing our Ionia series with the rogue assassin Akali. Uh, Like Shen and Zed, she uses energy as the ninjas do. Uh, She is an assassin, as her title proclaims, uh, usually found only in the mid lane Occasionally, you might see a top lane Akali, but uh, played mostly in the mid lane. Not really a meta champion right now. Hasn't been for a while. Uh, She has dominated metas, especially in pro play uh, in the past. She has been a staple uh, during certain uh, eras. She is a kind of... uh, You don't see her face very often. She wears a mask over the bottom half of her face. Uh, But she is a tatted up, um, paler skin, kind of average sized female who that's just what she looks like. Carries around two bladed weapons as her uh, weapons of choice. Uh, and Akali's whole thing is kind of, she is elusive and hard to pin down. Uh, she has multiple dashes. She has, uh, her, her W is an ability, um, where she creates a, a ring of smoke that she is then invisible if she's inside of it. Um, so she's hard to like pin down. Uh, So she can get away or she can just get onto your, you know, your carries um, in a blink of an eye. Um, Kind of the, um, the elevator speech for Akali is, Abandoning the Kinku Order and her title of the Fist of Shadow, Akali now strikes alone, ready to be the deadly weapon her people need. Though she holds on to all she learned from her master Shen, she has pledged to defend Ionia from its enemies, one kill at a time. Akali may strike in silence, but her message will be heard loud and clear. Fear the assassin with no master. Uh, so a good guy, as some might argue, uh, you know, is going on murdering, but she's killing bad people. Um, Akali has gone through a a rework in the past. Um, She used to uh, look a lot worse because, I mean, she came out, you know, back in, um, I guess I didn't say at the start here. She came back in May of 2010, which is uh, a long time ago. So she's one of the first champs. And... So her model was just very outdated. Um, I'm trying to remember when it was that she went through her... uh, her rework, but... uh, it was at least five years ago. Um, But... uh, her dance, if you dance with her in the game, uh, is a reference to Single Ladies by Beyoncé. Um... At least her dance was when she was prior to her work. We I don't really play her all that much. Um, actually, I don't... I know Ezreal's dance is a reference to single ladies. I don't think Akali's is anymore, to be honest. Um, but anyway, um, we will move along and not dwell on this. Uh, we'll have her... We have a story this week, whereas we didn't last week with Zed. Um, and then we will uh, have some comments after. So, uh, not a ton of new info from that we got from Shen. Uh, Is very basic kind of biography and stuff that we have today, but uh, still useful to. Um, learn it if you don't already know it like I didn't Um, so uh, yeah We travel the same path. Akali, the Rogue Assassin Ionia has always been a land of wild magic. It's vibrant people and powerful spirits seeking to live in harmony. But sometimes this peaceful equilibrium does not come easily. Sometimes it needs to be kept in check. The Kinku are the self-appointed keepers of Ionia's sacred balance. The Order's local acolytes walk the spirit and material realms mediating conflicts between them and, when necessary, intervening by force. Born among their ranks was Akali, daughter of Mayim Jomon Tethi, the renowned Fist of Shadow. Mayim and her partner Tano raised their daughter within the Kinku Order under the watchful leadership of Great Master Kusho, the Eye of Twilight. Whenever her parents were called away, other members of the Order stepped in as Akali's surrogate family, Kenan, the heart of the Tempest, spent many hours with the young girl, teaching her shuriken techniques and emphasizing speed and agility over strength. Akali was a precocious child and soaked up the knowledge like a sponge. It became clear to all that she would follow her parents' path. Along with the great master's son and appointed successor Shen, she would lead a new generation dedicated to preserving Ionia's balance. But balance can be fleeting. The Order found itself divided. A wayward acolyte named Zed returned and clashed violently with Kusho, wrestling power in a bloody coup. Akali fled into the eastern mountains along with Mayim, Shen, Kennan, and a handful of other acolytes. Sadly, Tano was not among them. Zed's transformation of the King Koo into the merciless Order of Shadow was almost complete, but as the new Eye of Twilight, Shen intended to rebuild what had been lost. They would return to the Kinkus' three fundamental philosophies, the pure impartiality of watching the stars, the passage of judgment in coursing the sun, and the elimination of imbalance by pruning the tree. Even though they were now few, they would train neophytes to restore and grow their numbers once more. When Akali came of age at 14, she formally entered her Kinku training, determined to succeed her mother as the new Fist of Shadow. She was a prodigious fighter and mastered the Kama and Kunai, a handheld sickle and throwing dagger. Though she did not possess the magical abilities of many of her fellow acolytes, she proved to all she was worthy of the title, in time allowing her mother to step down and help mentor the younger neophytes. But Akali's soul was restless and her eyes were open. Though the kinku and the Order of Shadow had, become, had come to an uneasy accord in the wake of the Noxian invasion of Ionia, She saw that her homeland continued to suffer. She questioned whether they were truly fulfilling their purpose. Pruning the tree was meant to eliminate those who threatened the sacred balance, yet Shen would always urge restraint. He was holding her back. All the mantras and meditations could quiet her spirit, but such platitudes would not defeat their adversaries. Her youthful precociousness turned to outright disobedience. She argued with Shen, she defied him, and she took down Ionia's enemies her way. In front of the whole Order, she declared the impotence of the Ku, all its talk of spiritual balance and patience accomplishing little. Ionians were dying in the material realm, and that was the realm Macali would defend. She was trained as an assassin, she was going to be an assassin. She did not need the Order any Shen let her go without a fight, knowing this was a path that Akali must walk alone. Perhaps that path would bring her back one day, but that would be for her to decide. Another unworthy opponent. Akali's story is called Leaving Hui Li by Michael McCarthy. Ah, hey, bully, I cry out. Cut me a little deep, don't you think? I crane my head up and around from the wicker mat I'm lying prone on to stare right into the eyes of the Vestaya kneeling over me. I can feel the blood sliding down my back. How about you be a little more careful, I add. Bo-Li pulls his qualo and Mi away from my shoulder, the tools of a tattoo artist like a hammer and chisel made from serpent bone. Some use other animals or metal, but the serpent bones are just hollow enough to give the ink the fine line that a master like Bo Lee demands in his work. A little more my blood drips off the mule and onto my back. He smiles, dabs it with a swatch of old linen, and shakes his head. Then he holds up his hands and shrugs as if to ask, "'You want me to stop?' The words don't come. Noxian soldiers took most of his tongue long before I began coming here, but I know him well enough to know what a look can say." His work is more than a fair trade for a little discomfort. And the blood. I can take a little blood. A lot, if it's not my own. Just clean it up a little, okay? I don't think we have much time, I tell him. Bully begins tapping the muley with the qualo and adding the ink. He has the best inks, rich colors made from crushed riken wild berries, and the enchanted flower petals found only on the southern faces of the Vlongo cliffs. He is a master, and I am honored to be his canvas. I started coming to Wei not long after I stopped listening to Shen. All those years in the Kinku Order, treading carefully. No, Shen was wrong about that, about me. Restraint has never been my thing. I turn back around on the mat and rest my chin on top of my hands, keeping my eyes trained on the door that leads into Bo Li's tavern. His place is clean, but the air hangs heavy with guilt. The tavern is home to a collection of thieves, rogues, and bad decisions. People come to Bole's to arrange a way out of Weili, out of Ionia, because getting into Weili is hard, but getting out is even harder. Weili is a phantom port, a hidden coastal village protected by the mystical properties of Ionia. Unlike Phaelor, she doesn't welcome outsiders, and you won't find her on the maps. Should Weili appear at all, it is always on her own terms daring people into doing very dumb things most approach from the sea dreaming of riches discovery or maybe just a new start only to have their hopes dashed in an instant first the shoreline that once called to them vanishes behind a dense wall of cobalt fog crackling with arcane power the sea rises and falls violently before unleashing torrents of crushing waves as the survivors cling to their splintered vessel the the fog pulls back for the briefest of moments allowing them to look at the flickering lanterns of hue cruelly saying goodbye just before the water pulls them down to the bottom of the breathless bay. I can't do anything about those people. Not my people, not my problem. Bully stops tapping. I am here for someone else entirely. I feel my satchel against my thigh. It puts me at ease, though I would rather have it on me. From there, I could fire three kunai into three hearts on instinct. Three kills without a thought. Where it is now, I'd have to think a little. I look up just in time to see the man come through the front door. He is flanked by three guards in their battle dress. Well, that makes it easy. I wonder which one I'm supposed to kill. I mock. Bully laughs. He can still do that, even without a tongue. It sounds a little weird, but it's real. He shakes his head again and does that thing he always does. With a series of hand movements and head nods, he tells me to try and do my business outside this time, after they leave his establishment. "'You know, I can't promise that,' I say, as I check my satchel and turn towards the din of the tavern. I pause at the doorway and turn back on him. "'I'll do what I can,' I say before lifting the mask over my face. I don't mind them seeing me, but if they saw me laughing at them, I think it would be just too much.' The guy with the guards is my people, a high councilman from Pubo, a place not far from the Kinku Order, but like many, he sold out his people to the invaders for gold and safe passage to Whaley and beyond. So now he is my problem. But this is as far as you will get. Sure, I could have taken him out in his sleep at the inn or when they made camp along the road to Whaley, but where's the fun in that? I want him to taste the salt air. I want him to feel a sense of relief before the end comes. But I also want the others to see him pay for his crimes and know that this will not stand. Actions have consequences. I approach without a sound. His hands are shaking as he raises a mug of ale to his lips. His guards stand in his defense when they notice me. I am impressed. Nice to see manners around here for a change, I say with a smile they cannot see. What's your business, girl? one of the masks, through a plate of pitted and tarnished steel. Him, I say, pointing with my comma. It glistens with hues of the magic it was forged in. He's my business right now. The guards drew their weapons, but even before they can step towards me, they disappear in a thick ring of blinding smoke. The Q and I begin to fly, hitting their targets with a satisfying flesh-and-bone thunk. One, two, three footsteps. I send two more q in that direction, a clang of metal, followed by the thuck thuck of them ricocheting into the walls. More footsteps. Ah, you're gonna bleed, I call out, flinging a single shuriken from my hip and flipping across the room, following in its wake. I break through the smoke to see the last guard splayed out on the ground next to the door. The three prongs are lodged deep in his windpipe. I can see his chest rising and falling ever so slightly. I grab him by the collar, raise him up just to be sure. Almost, I whisper. At that moment, I hear a gurgling behind me. I turn to see the councilman through the receding smoke bleeding out on the floor. His eyes are open, darting back and forth across the tavern, wondering what just happened. He looks so peaceful now. Honor is the blade's edge. Okay, so that is Akali, the rogue assassin. Um, prior to her rework, she was known as the Fist of Shadow. Um, so it's kind of neat. Uh, that I guess thematically, her, her lifespan as a champion has matched her lore, kind of. Uh, which, yeah, it's actually kind of cool. Uh, but, you know a good person or someone who thinks they're doing good by protecting those who have been wronged by the invaders or their own community members who helped uh, the invaders in exchange for, you know, money and safe passage. So this is, it's kind of another installment in the, uh, the, the story of this Kinku order where it's fight or not to fight, uh, keep to our code, our morals or not. Um, whereas Akali is kind of showing that those are good, but that doesn't mean that those need to exist in perpetuity they should probably have been you know put on hold for some time and i mean the argument there is going to be that like there's no going back if you cease living that way according to the kinku, which is probably maybe true but also um they don't really like I feel like it's very understandable and not breaking with the culture to be able to say, you know, in wartime, we suspend these ways of life, this code, this way we do things, and we adjust, and then, you know, wartime is over, we fall back into... What we had before now, in real life, that uh, it 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 seems that wartime is very great for certain people's bottom lines, so they tend to prolong, they, to always want there to be a conflict of some kind. Uh, I don't think that would be the case in Ionia. Um, again, I don't. I'm not versed on the economics of terra to that level to know how uh, you know industrialized they are or the <laughs> the the market for arms deali- dealing dealing. but uh, yeah, Akali doing uh, the good work for those who can't do it themselves, writing uh, the wrongs that have been done to them. And using her skills for something that she thinks is worthwhile, while also acknowledging that she learned useful things that were just being used improperly, I think is kind of the message that we're getting from both her and Zed. Now, Zed might still be using his skills improperly, uh, but that's kind of the overarching theme between the three of them and the Kingku Order as a whole. Uh, But that will do it for today's episode. We will be back next week with uh, another Ionian character and uh, go from there. So thank you all for listening and see you next time. Hesitation is the seed of defeat.